Are you dealing with the trials of a difficult marriage or going through a separation or divorce? Welcome to the club, friend. Life is messy and it can be hard. I'm Jen Zingmark, a Christian life coach, and I have good news for you. There is a path to find hope, healing, and happiness, no matter what your circumstances are, and I can help you find joy in your journey. So let's go. Today on the podcast, I am interviewing Julie Lee. She is a keynote speaker, an author, a podcaster, and a mom of two really cute kids. Julie teaches leaders how to saturate their work culture with human connection and improve the mental health of their people so they can perform at their best. She is the head speaking coach for The Relevant Speaker and the author of I See You, How Compassion and Connection Saves Lives, and the children's book, Broccoli Punzel. Did I say that right? (laughs) You sure did. The first one to do it. Good job. And her podcast, I See You, has inspired thousands of listeners to succeed in relationships by embracing human connection. Julie is a voice for positive conversations around mental health, and she also, in her free time, co-hosts another podcast called Love ADHD. So I'm so excited to get to know you better, Julie, and learn from you today. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is an honor. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So for those of us who don't know you very well, share a little bit more about yourself that we haven't covered yet, where you're from and your education, background, career, whatever you'd like to share. Absolutely. I mean, the thing that comes to mind first is my two children. My son, Sam, is eight and he'll be nine next month. And then Lydia is seven and she loves dragons. And that's just what comes whenever I talk about her is just dragons and her are besties. So I love my kids. I am originally from Springville, Utah. I live in Spanish Fork, Utah now. My background is actually in education. I taught elementary school. I taught second grade for two years before having babies. And then I was at home with them. And when I was at home with them, I started a podcast called I See You. And then from that, I got a book contract for I See You, How Compassion and Connection Save Lives. And I began speaking more and more. And now I'm a keynote speaker and I've been doing that for a couple of years and I love it so much. And it's a a great way to provide for my family and it's really meaningful and I continue to write. Hopefully I'll have a new book here soon. And I love coaching other speakers and helping them build their business. It's been really fulfilling. So yeah, I, I love my life. There's a lot of good going on. That is so awesome. I love to hear that. As part of your bio, it says that your personal experiences with human connection saved your life and changed the trajectory of your career. I would love to hear more about that. I was 21. I was in a student teaching experience out of state. I live in Utah. I was in a different state doing a national program through my college. And I was thrust under some really toxic leadership. And, you know, I was like, I can get this lady to like me. People like me. I just need to work harder, serve her more. And five weeks into that, I walked into the faculty bathroom stall and had my first panic attack. And from there, it was really, I mean, I had to fly home and I I had this leader, this uh, professor, and and now she's a, well, she's retired now, but she's principal at an elementary school that I was able to call. And I was able to say, I don't know what's going on out here. Like I was having panic attack on top of panic attack. Uh, My mental health was just, it was a disaster. 
And literally just a couple minutes into the conversation, she said, what, what happened to you out there? I was that bad. She couldn't even recognize me. So we flew me home. I got into a new uh, student teaching situation and I only made it two hours just sitting in the back of the room. Super nice teacher, super nice kids, nothing that was their fault, but just being back in the classroom had impacted me so much. Um, having had worked with this boss that was so unkind to me and cruel. And I went home, I went up to the teacher and I said, I'm sorry, I, I can't do this. And I left and I was never, I told myself I'd never be a teacher or walk into a school again. Went home and I pulled myself under a blanket and said, no one was getting me out from under that blanket. And pretty soon my phone started ringing and I wouldn't pick it up. But later I, you know, I put my hand out, pulled it and I listened to the voicemail and it was from Carrie. It was this, this leader that I had called that had got me back in this situation that was, that believed in me, that had known me before. And she said, I heard what happened today. I want you to try again tomorrow. And we're going to do this one day, one minute at a time if we have to, but we're going to get you back. You're an amazing teacher. And I know I said, no one could get me out from under that blanket. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but she saw me, she made me feel seen. She had compassion on me. She was connecting with me. So that next day, you better believe I'm crying as mom <laughs> putting on my mascara. And I went back and I actually never left work early again. I ended up graduating and it changed everything for me. Uh, I wonder what would have happened had she written me off because my mental health was so, I mean, I, I felt debilitated. I didn't like, it was hard to take a shower. It was the anxiety and depression got so severe. So that really was, um, that was, that was a big pivotal moment in my life. And the next, you know, I'd like to say that was the last time my mental health ever struggled, but the next five and a half to six years, I was, uh, I would try to get off my meds as soon as possible and I would tank again. And so I'd be in and out of therapy and, and it was these people that, um, were just willing to sit and be present and see me in when, when I was not at my best, when I, you know, you read all these nice things I've been able to do. I had not done any of those things and I was not bringing much to the table at all. Mm -hmm. And there were people that sat and listened and told me it wasn't permanent and it would be okay. And I was able to get the help I needed. And it's, it truly did save my life. Um, the human connection aspect, there were other resources I needed 100% medication. Good. You know, I did a lot of childhood trauma therapy, lots of things that needed to be in place to get a lot of healing, but there's nothing that can replace that human connection piece. And so I now spend my life uh, teaching leaders how to infuse that in their work culture, especially as we see post-pandemic, the mental health really struggling with our people. Uh, it's something that I love to do to bring hope to organizations of how they can they can help their people. And I always say, you know, making people happy isn't your business. Because that's what a lot of CEOs and things are asking. They're asking, like, is this even my business? Like this, like, touchy-feely, soft skill stuff? No, it's not your business to make people happy. But your level of connection with them, that is your business. Mm -hmm. And there's all sorts of research and things I could tell you why and what Stanford medical has to say about that and how that affects mental health. But, um, my personal experience is the biggest reason I do what I do. Oh, that is awesome. I love that. What a powerful story and such important skills for life, right? Like we don't know what's coming ahead, obviously as a young mother, young with a young family, you had no idea you would yep. be facing divorce later in your life. And those skills I'm sure were crucial to getting through that. So tell us a little bit about your story about going through divorce, whatever you're comfortable sharing, like how long you were married and why you ended up getting a divorce and how that has been for you. Absolutely. I was married for 13 years, just shy of 13 years. 
And so I was married in 2010 and then my divorce was finalized. The, the process started, let's see, June of 2022. And then it was finalized February 12th of 2023. So we are just hitting the year mark of it being, being final. The process in between there was, it's been about, I don't know, 20 months, 21 months since I've been on my own and, and providing for my family and things. Uh, it was hard. It was very hard. Yeah. Uh, nobody wants to get divorced. And the things that lead to that decision, there's usually a lot of pain and that is no different for me. A lot of pain and suffering to come to that place. And I am also so grateful to be divorced and, and that's not to put blame on anyone, but I just am so grateful uh, that I am here now and not two years ago. Yeah. And I am very uh, proud of myself for the hard decisions I've had to make. And I I'm so grateful that my children have a father that loves them and that is involved in their life. And I love being a mom and I, it is certainly complicated juggling being a single mom. Yes. And it's also exciting because there's a lot of benefits that come with that <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of freedom. And um, so there's, there's definitely a double-edged sword there, but I am so grateful that we can get divorced when it's what needs to happen and what's best for the children and, and the situation and the family. And so, uh, yes, it's been incredibly difficult. Like you said, I think a lot of the the experiences I went through before that prepared me in a way that this could have sunk me more than it did. There's no words to say how difficult it's been. Um, mm-hmm. It's felt so hard. It's been such a lonely road. I'll just say yeah. that very lonely road to come to this place and to, uh, you know, the, I'm, I'm sure as you talk about on this awesome podcast, there's, there are people that throw judgments at you that don't understand that want to know details that want, they want, um, they want proof. They want, yeah. they want a story to understand because it scares them because you looked so happy on the outside and that's scary. And I get yeah. that because I think it's so easy. I talk about this a little bit in my book, this idea of the, the false safety of black and white thinking. I, I know for me, when I see something sad or tragic happen, I often want to know details so that I can avoid it happening to me, mm-hmm. or I want that person to be wrong. You know, if, if I, let's say, you know, if I had an affair, which I didn't, but if I did, then, you know, the neighbor could say, oh, okay. So as long as I don't have an affair, then I'll never get divorced. Right. It's, we're trying right. to protect ourselves. I don't think it comes from a bad place, yeah. but I did have to navigate a lot of that, of, um, a lot of people, making judgments and saying unkind things and they just didn't understand. And so that's, that's my opportunity to learn forgiveness and to learn who's in my circle and those friendships, those friendships that, that those people that pop out of your life, some of which I hadn't talked to in years to just all hands on deck with me when I needed people, uh, those are sacred relationships. And that's been another miracle that's, that's come from the divorce. Oh, that's so good. It's really powerful what you said and something that I teach in my coaching practice and with my clients and on my podcast is that sometimes divorce is the best option for everyone involved. Not every marriage is meant to last forever. And it's hard in our culture when we marry for eternity and we hope for that and want that when that doesn't work out. It's it's difficult. And I really like what you said about how other people want to know details and they're curious about it. I really like your explanation. It's so that they can understand it for themselves and avoid it for themselves. I I agree with that. 
I don't think it's always a bad thing to share details. I think there's a time and a place and, and I don't think it's even bad always to ask questions. Well, I don't even want to make judgment on that, but I just think there's a difference between curiosity and trying to make quick labels to make yourself feel better. And I've, I've been the one to do both of those. Yeah. We're all guilty at times, especially before you're in that situation and Mm -hmm. it's not you, but when it's 100%. Yeah, it's different. So what has been the most helpful for you and your process of healing through divorce? I think not being black and white about it has been really helpful for me. Uh, I think that there have been times when I have felt all sorts of emotions. I have felt a lot of anger. I have felt incredible sadness and mourning. I think it's really helpful and healing to also acknowledge that there was good because if I want to say that there was no good in my marriage. Uh, on a surface level, that feels good because once again, I'm 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 making myself be right about everything I've ever done, and it's it's nice, it's fun to be right about everything and to know everything and to have never made a mistake. Uh, the problem is I can't have integrity because I know that's not true, mm-hmm. and um, I no longer can relate to anyone also because I'm perfect and no one's perfect. So there's a lot of issues with that state of mind, but. I think being able to acknowledge the good has helped me be able to mourn uh, more easily mm-hmm. and be able to process and not hang on to things that could stunt my process from mm-hmm. moving forward, but being able to say, man, these were good times and that's that's really hard and that makes sense that that makes me sad. Even if I feel like this is the right decision, even if there are things that transpired that made the marriage need to and even if all those things if I don't acknowledge the good, I think it's easy to stay in a place of anger. And I did not get divorced to stay angry and unhappy. Yeah. Uh, no, I got divorced because, because I want to be happy and be the best mom I can for my kids. So yeah, that's the answer I think of is, is not being black and white and acknowledging the good, even, even if, and I'm not saying whether mine or was or wasn't, but whoever's listening, I'm assuming a lot of us were in the same camp here, even mm-hmm. if it wasn't very much good, even if it was just little pieces, I think just keep staying grounded in reality helps you process for reals Mm -hmm. and move forward for reals. That's lasting healing. Yeah. And you know what? There's times when you just need to eat about it and also be mad and that's fine too. (laughs) Just understanding that's what you're doing and don't stay there forever. I think for me has been helpful. Yeah. That is so powerful. I really relate to that. And I know other people will too. Were there any specific strategies or tools that you could share that helped you discover yourself as an individual again? I know for me, that was an unusual thing. I was married for 11 years the first time and you connect with that person. You have your children with that person they become part of your identity. So when you become divorced, it's like you're this new person separate from them. And so how has that been for you? And and if you have any tools or strategies that you have used, I would love to hear those. It's hard and it's fun and it's all of it. It's hard to be alone. I'm, I do not like being alone. We're not meant to be alone. It's also been time to remember a lot about myself. Uh, it's been time to take a breath and to feel a lot of peace and to understand the loneliness and to understand what's me and what was him and differentiate myself and what's me and what's my kids. I have found the tool that's for me is huge is, I mean, I talk about human connection, so I'm going to have to bring that up, but 
connecting with other relationships, non-romantic relationships specifically. Not that that can't come, but I think it's really easy. And I, I speak from experience because I know myself really well. I don't like to be alone. And so if I don't fill my life with other healthy relationships, I'm a lot more likely to settle uh, mm -hmm. in dating. I'm a lot more likely to settle for things that I know aren't actually what I want or repeats of things uh, because I'm just so stinking lonely. Yeah. But if I'm filling my life with human connection, if I'm keeping up with friends, if I join the hiking group, join the pickleball group, if I'm doing things like that, I'm getting that. It's not the same, but I'm getting my human connection needs meet that I'm much less likely to, first of all, be as lonely. And second to, I'm more likely to make healthy, smart, level-headed decisions in who I choose to, to spend my time with and potentially one day have as a partner. So I think that is huge to me. And also, I think throwing myself into other goals. Mm -hmm. So good. Making that mountain, man, like doing it. Because guess what? If you want to be remarried again, then you probably won't have as much time to do that one day. And that's okay because you'll want that new thing. Yeah. You might as well milk this for all it's worth and have yeah. the time of your life. Yes, I love play. That. Go play yeah. and just like find yourself again. Uh, yeah. You deserve it. No matter what, yeah. no matter who ended the marriage, no matter whose fault you want to say it was, you deserve it regardless. There was sadness there and it's okay to uh, to do some good things for yourself now. Yeah, and have some time off as a mom with young kids. That's yep. not something you're used to getting regularly from most moms. I know for me, mm -hmm. I had three young children and having a night off during the week and occasional weekends, I was like, what in the world? This is amazing. And watching for when you feel guilty that you're enjoying it and shutting that down. Yes. There are pros and cons to divorce. And guess what? Nobody wanted to get divorced when they got married. And now that you are, you might as well have the time of your life when you don't have your kids. And it is a good, good thing. Yes. It, is a good thing. it is not something to feel guilty about. Um, that's, yes. that's a disservice to you. And it's a disservice to your children because you show up as a better mom when you're good to you too. So, yes. yeah. so I good. so agree I, with that. I love that you speak to that. So how are your kids doing and what has been most helpful for them in dealing with this change in their lives? I think we all worry about our kids, uh, divorce, not divorce. I mean, I, I lost my sister a year, a little over a year ago to cancer and she left six little kids. Like a lot of kids don't have ideal circumstances. And so I will say my default, if I'm not careful is to blame myself for everything that ever bad happens to my kids. And, um, I'm sure no other listeners relate with that, right? <laughs> Jen, you can't relate with that. Uh, but I want my kids to have a perfect life. Uh, ideally, right? Which is not the plan. It's not God's plan, that's for sure. And it's not something I can control and I can't control them. Having said all that, I feel like they're doing really well with the hand they've been dealt. I'm really proud of them. It does not mean that we don't have moments. You know, my kids are at an interesting age. They're eight and seven. My son's almost nine. And so uh, we got divorced when they were, well, we, we separated and started the process when they were seven and five, I think. So that, I know that changes things a lot. It's very different if you have older kids or kids that don't understand anything. The conversations are so different and the conversations continue to evolve for us as they're already getting older. They're asking different questions. They didn't have hardly any questions in the beginning. It was just their normal. They just yeah. were like, oh, okay, this is normal. All right. That would be so different with a teenager. Right. Yeah. And so in that way, I think there's some things that have been easier than if my kids were older. 
uh, and maybe harder than if they were tiny, but that comes with different challenges too. And you have a baby involved, right? Mm -hmm. So I think they're doing well. I, it's something I'm very aware of and it's a really open conversation we have all the time. I think the things that we're doing that are helpful that I've seen, I hope are helpful is, um, they do not hear anything negative about their dad from me. And that's not to shame anyone that's, that's slipped up and said something, but that is, and, and different situations, you do need to be more open with things. So I'm not saying that's what needs to happen in every situation. Right. Yeah. Uh, but for now with, with this situation, I've been able to keep things really positive about their dad because that's their dad. And no matter what issues we had, there's nothing they have control over to do about that. They didn't yeah. get to choose a divorce. They, they didn't have any control. So trying to keep them children as much as possible, being excited when they with them when they get to go to dad's house and staying in that role as putting them first is something that I take very, very seriously. And just supporting whatever is best for them and really trying to check my ego constantly. Yeah, um, that's so good. Yeah. I feel like I just started off with that intent, but it, it's just so easy at times to overshare. They feel like your little confidants, they're with you all the time, right? Really? I realize in hindsight, my kids from my first marriage are all adults now. And we've had really good conversations about things that happened then. And I've just sort of realized over the years, they're going to grow up and make their own opinions about you and about your ex, no matter what you say or do. So trying right. to taint those opinions or influence them, it really just harms them. And it's so wise right. that you're doing that. I think that's the best approach. And it definitely is hard. It's hard to decide I'm not going to disparage my ex and right. just go all in on that. But I do think it's for the best for the kids. So good for you. Thanks. Well, yes. It's, I suck at a lot of things in life. We all do. So it's, it's <laughs> good to have some things that I've done well. Thank you. Yes. Oh, it's so hard, but so important, so admirable, and it will bless your kids for sure. Thanks. Well, what is your experience like dating in the LDS world after divorce, being single? <laughs> <laughs> what is my experience dating in the single life LDS world after divorce? Uh -huh. It's it's a trip. It's a jungle out there, Jen. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you want to know here, uh, but yeah, it's been good and hard and weird and wonky and all the feelings. It is so weird going to like apps. What yeah. the what? I definitely started out being like, I am too good for that. I will not do that. I refuse. Yeah. And then you just get lonely enough and you figure out this is the word directory. Now this is how we do this. And you're like, okay, I guess I'm lonely enough, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's been funny. Not that everybody I've been out with has been off um, an app, but uh, the app thing is really overwhelming to me. I don't like being on it a lot because it's just like one more thing is with what I do, you know, I, I post on social media for free marketing and all the things. And I'm like, I just don't want one more thing to be on my phone for. It's already a struggle being on there so much and being careful when my kids are around, not being too distracted, mm -hmm. uh, just my line of work in general. And so I definitely like downloaded it and then turned it off two days later. Cause I'm like, uh, immediately, no, I don't want to talk to any of these people. This is too stressful. Yeah. I'll just be alone. <laughs> yeah. So I've totally had those moments. Um, but overall, I think it's been a good experience to definitely figure out I know what I want in such a different way than when I was 19 and clueless, right? Yeah. Um, I'm a lot yes. quicker to end things. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a lot quicker to say no to second dates. Usually I say no. 
you know, mm -hmm. uh, because I, I know, and that's, that's not to be whatever. I, I think everybody has that right to just, there are just certain things and, and red flags for me that I know, um, are a no go now. And yeah. I also try to be really conscious and kind because anyone that is in this situation at this age has baggage and has felt pain no matter what brought them here. And so I also feel a duty to be kind to people yeah, and to not just ghost them or to just, I know how to be kind and considerate. And just because now we might match up on an app, I hope I try to be considerate and kind and have hard conversations when they need to be had. I don't like them. They're not fun. I hate, oh, I hate hurting people. Um, I hate being hurt. We all do, but just having really open, fluid conversations. You know, I have a greater love for people in this situation, dating people and stuff. You just know some of the hard and you know the reality check, especially, you know, having been divorced and, and the people I've dated that have never been married and their different situations. There's just so much. Everybody just needs loved, it turns <laughs> out, in every situation. And just like, don't judge people, it turns out, right? Yeah. And also, it's also okay to make healthy decisions for yourself and say no to things that are not for you and your children. I think when you have children, I can only speak from my own experience, but uh, stakes are pretty high mm -hmm. and I'm a lot, I, I put up with a lot less because uh, mm -hmm. those babies. So it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, I relate to that. And something that someone told me when I was single and I had three young children was marry the right person for your children and they'll be the right person for you. And mm -hmm. I would say I kept that in my mind. Like it was just always in the back of my mind. Like you said, it, it sort of helped me raise the bar in a way that I was like, is this a person I would want my children to be around? Is this a person who would be a good example for my children in so many ways? It did help me in making that decision. Yeah, I love that. So what has your relationship with Heavenly Father been like through this? How has the Lord helped you in your divorce journey? So much. There have been some really pivotal moments, and I will say it did not come until after I made the decision. Uh, I begged to know. It was my choice um, to get divorced. I knew I needed to be all in if I was going to do this, and I prayed and begged for answers. And I felt, the answer I felt was that it was my choice, that I that I knew enough, I had it in front of me to know, to make a good decision, and that I was trusted. And when I decided to make the decision I did, and I know not everyone gets this, but I did end up having an experience about a week later that really confirmed, not that I had to do this or that this was always the plan or anything, but just confirmed that I was empowered to be able to do this new life and that I had God with me. And that has anchored me through a lot of hard. Uh, so I felt him then and there. Um, I have gained a new appreciation for the consistency of my relationship with deity, because as you did, and as you, you know, you've gotten divorced and you don't have your kids as much. Your relationships are, I mean, my relationship with my kids will never end for sure, but they're not here all the time. And so having the consistency of leaning on the Savior and of on God has become priceless, absolutely necessary for me to deal with that loneliness. Yeah, that's and so to, powerful. And that's also been something that's helped me navigate who I date as well. Yeah. That I want to have that companionship with me. So uh, yeah, it's a hard question to answer because it's just so all-encompassing. Yeah. And I will say there have been times when I have felt close to them and I have also still felt incredibly lonely and pain because it does not take away pain. It can, I think it can soften it and I think it can, but I also think divorce is hard. 
and it yeah. just is. And there are times when it just sucks. Yep. And you breathe and you live through it and you have a hundred percent track record of making it through hard things and it's a new day and here we go. That's right. I love that. That's right. You just keep going and figuring out how to get through it as you go. I love that. So do you have any advice for anyone who's listening, who's going through divorce right now? I love you (laughs) so much. Agendas too, I'm sure. Yes. It will not feel like this forever. You are so much far past it than I am so much further down the road. I'm only, I'm at my year mark of it being final. Mm-hmm. And me compared to now, compared to a year ago, you would not recognize. No, you would. Cause I was strong then too, but I'm more at peace. That's for sure. And my ex-husband has gotten remarried. Like I've been through some, some new news. Mm-hmm. I've been without my kids for Christmas and I have had a kid have a surgery in the middle of that and had to navigate, you know, the, like the new things come and you will survive it. And it will not last forever and you will choose what you're going to do that Christmas. And I think you should go on a cruise or something, find yes. another single buddy and get the heck out of wherever you live and go do something because why freaking not? Cause it sucks yes. to not have your kids for Christmas. Yeah. And it's going to be okay. Life is long. This is one piece of it and it is painful. And I validate that. And I think you cry as much as you need to. And I am just so sorry because whatever led to this, um, I am sure these are not the first of your tears. It's not permanent. Mm -hmm. And whatever you need to do to survive today is okay. I was not doing what I'm doing now a year ago. Yeah. My, my line of what I got done today was, was much different and that's okay too. And also when you're ready, try a little something, pick up a guitar, try, you don't want to do that. Great. You know, but try something because you do try going on a walk, try whatever it is, give it a try. Not because of a, I should be doing this. I should, should, should. No, none of that. But because you start coming back to life a little and you deserve it. Yeah. Such good advice. I really like that. You said in so many words, give yourself grace. Don't expect Mm. too much from yourself. (laughs) It's hard. Every day is hard, especially in the beginning and it will get better. Really great advice. The hard, I say it's hard even now, but it's a different hard than it was a year ago. And it's a different hard than my marriage was. And I pick this hard. I think that's so important. Sometimes when you're in the middle of really intense hard and someone says, it's still hard a year ago, you're like, oh, well, what do I have hope for? No, no, no. It's not the hard you're experiencing right now. It's complicated, I would say. It's still Mm -hmm. complicated. That's good advice. I I like that. Right. A different hard. The hard is still there. We all have the hard parts of our life, but it's a different hard. On the yeah. other side of the peace, so yeah. much more peace and hope and excitement. You get to go date again. That's fun, right? I don't know. And crazy. Yes. But it's an experience. It's a new life experience, you know? Yeah. yeah. Both fun and crazy. Yes. yes. So as my listeners know, it is my purpose and my passion really to help other people dealing with divorce to find joy through this difficult journey as arduous as it may be for all of us. So my final question for you is what does finding joy in the journey mean to you? I think of joy as different than happiness. I think of happy, being happy as like pretty exhilarating and exciting. And I also love that emotion too. I think of joy as peace. That's the differentiation for me. So finding joy in the journey, I think is something that everyone can reach for. And finding joy for me has been not taking things too seriously, 
uh, watching a lot of stand-up comedy. I have some great names if you'd like them. I have some friends that are stand-up comedians. I can I can point you in some ways if you want to reach out to me, julieleespeaks.com. You can reach out on my website. I will send you the comedians that help me get through on those nights. Engaging in play, whatever that looks like for you. Finding play, board mm-hmm. games, pickleball, pulling pranks, whatever it is, finding play. And it's okay if you play pickleball and then you need to sit out because you're like, actually, I need to cry because I'm sad. It's great. All of it. It's all there. I would also say learning to not apologize, I think, can bring you a lot of joy. That it's okay. Like, let's not apologize for crying or for having a hard time because then that makes other people like they need to apologize too. And we don't want other people to feel that way. So like just learning to be really authentic and the best version of yourself that you can be is pretty great. And um I think there's immense joy in feeling like you belong because you belong to yourself and you're, you're yourself. And that's the joy and the grace that comes from separating from someone else. That's my advice. That's beautiful, Julie. Really so powerful. Thank you so much for being here. Share again. I know you threw it out really quickly, but how can my followers and listeners get in touch with you if they want to hear more from you and find out about your favorite comedians? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. My website is julieleespeaks.com and there's a place where like contact. And if you send me a messenger, it comes straight to my email. So I'll get it right away. Uh, you also can follow me on social media. Everything is Julie Lee Speaks. We're all in this together. So yes, I got you. I'm I'm a fellow traveler on this this weird new life we have, you know? So yeah, I'd love to connect with anyone that wants to. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your honesty, vulnerability. And I agree. We are all in this together. It's definitely a lonely road and there are hard days and it helps to know there are other people who have been on this road and are still on this road with you, helping, supporting, cheering for each other. So this has just been awesome. Thank you, Julie. You're welcome. If you're ready to dive deeper into this work and learn the tools and the skills you need to change the trajectory of your life forever, go to ldsdivorce.com and sign up for a free consultation with me. This is just the tip of the iceberg, my friends. There is so much more. I would love to work with you and be your life coach.